Welcome to Pain Talks, hosted by Pain Consultants of East Tennessee. On this episode, Drs. James Chu and Laura Stockdale continued their discussion about the importance of patients meeting with our psychologists while being treated at our practice. This is part five of their discussion. What about uh, the uh, this concept of... Uh stressors in one's life. I mean, pain is clearly chronic, yeah. ongoing pain is a stressor. Yes. Um, how is that connected to um, how you feel, in, especially with chronic pain? Uh, what we know is stressors uh, Stressors can make you feel lousy. Stressors can. Stressors affect every part of your life. The difficulty is we're not really taught how to deal with stressors or recognize stressors. My approach is I look at where the stressors are manifesting. There's five type, There's five parts of us as humans. Emotions, uh, behaviors, thoughts, relationships, spirituality. And I look at all of those and I, would, I focus my treatment based on where their stressors are the most. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, so, it's so important to know, okay, what's stressing them. And, and you guys know this. You'll have somebody going along well on their pain management regimen. They come in crying. There was a death in the family. Nobody's addressed what the grief... What has happened to the pain. What has happened to the pain. Yeah, well, the pain oftentimes flares up. Oh, it definitely does. They're not sleeping. They're not eating. They're crying a lot. They're dehydrated from crying. Mm -hmm. And we got to look at that. And if you'll recall, they did a study. I think our occupational therapists and other psychologists did a study to see if we had a cookie cutter track of uh-huh. treatment. And what did we come up with? 64 different tracks. So To, to treat uh, pain. In, in, within our practice, within to, our practice. To, to treat different types of pain or, right. or, or um, to address uh, the individual's, um, every individual comes in with different problems of what's causing right. them stress. And, they, and, and people are complex, so they've got, um, you know, different. They've got jobs. They've got uh, they've got uh, different family considerations. Right. They've got uh, a lot of variables in their life, and so it doesn't. Rec- when you're treating patients, there's no one particular way Absolutely. that we found that has worked that says, "Hey, if you do this every single time, that you will have be- the best out- right. outcomes." When we have a m- multiple different ways of treating patients, when you add up all the variables, in- including what is going on in the patient's life, that may add up to 64 different ways of treating a, di- right. a-, a-, a patient's pain. Right. And-, and we say 64, uh, it's not necessarily that we've got these 64 no. individual tracks. You're a number just, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. It's just that no. as we've looked at things, we, there's multiple different ways of, of treating patients, especially when you have a multidisciplinary program. And we've talked about this. If somebody's intelligence is less than average, you can't use cognitive behavioral therapy because they don't understand that cognitions are thinking and they have no ability to abstract. To metathink. Yeah. To metathink. Yeah, yeah. Or if somebody, there are some folks who cannot achieve mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Because they can't abstract, or for whatever reason, or you might have a, a brain injury of some, some sort. Precisely. That that, that uh, makes uh, some of the teachings or deliveries very. Right. Maybe the accident that they had that caused the chronic pain also was a traumatic brain injury. So mm-hmm. there's certain things you cannot use, or an Alzheimer's patient. Yeah. Very very concrete, one step, two steps. Yeah. One. No, there's no one size fits all. Exactly. Especially when it comes to exactly. you know how dynamic life can be, um, and so. Uh, what is your overarching message that you can bring into a patient or you know someone that's coming over here 
uh, for the first time there, and they say, why do I have to see a psychologist? What is the first thing that you would say to an individual that says, look, I, I, I just want to feel better. I don't need to talk to a, right. uh, a, a someone that looks into my private brain in, in, in life. Yeah. Um, what would you say to them? Look, you know this. We've talked about mm -hmm. it. The first thing I tell them is they may never have to see me again. Mm -hmm. That this is part of the workup. If they go to a well-renowned pain clinic, I know mm -hmm. Mayo does this, um, they're going to have a psychological assessment. I'm not there to dig into their past about abuse or trauma or do you love your mother? I, I very, very straightforwardly say this is to help the doctors provide you with a better level of care. Um, that's predominantly what I say in the beginning. I also don't come out and say this, but I operate as a cheerleader and I will say you've probably been told there's nothing more uh, that you can do. You've probably been told you just have to learn to live with it. Our job is to teach you how. That's what we're about. Pain. How to live with the pain. I'm not going to promise you'll be pain free. Right. I don't make promises I can't keep because that's lying. Because <laughs> I think we can simplify it in a lot of ways by saying, look, there's, there's pain and there's uh, the suffering of pain. Mm -hmm. um, and so we could do the best that we can on, on the medical kind of side of the house where we're doing procedures and, 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 and medicines to help with the actual pain as it is uh, manifest in the body itself. But the suffering issue as a result of it is, um, that is uh, oftentimes in how people perceive their pain, it's also so much of their psychological past, exactly. um, and also that you don't necessarily have to suffer it um, as much. As much. Um, if we are able to handle some of these stressors that you might have been coming in with at, before you started with us, um, the, the new stressors that you may inevitably uh, um, meet as you go down the road mm -hmm. um, uh, with your pain treatment. There's so much of that, um, how you are able to deal with those things that can uh, increase your suffering. Pacing, it, rest, right? so much that you can do. Or, or decrease your uh, suffering or not mm -hmm. suffer as much with the pain right. uh, if you adopt some of these skills. That that, that's a great dichotomy, pain versus suffering. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's going to be pain. Even acute injuries have pain. Mm -hmm. But how much can we decrease your suffering? And could you say that maybe is psychological resilience? As exactly. And you know, there's a, we've talked about this, a lot of research right now on resilience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we're, that's what we're trying to, to, to kind of flip the, the whole paradigm on its head. I mean, this is not new in the world of pain, no. but um, this is not new in the world of psychology sorry, either. either. <laughs> right, right. Um, but it might be new to patients um, exactly. saying, hey, I'm going to a doctor's office. And so I have these expectations that I need to get medicine, I need to get this, but we're tr what we're trying to say is it's so much more to it. Exactly. And that's what the psychologists help us figure exactly. out. Mm -hmm. So we really appreciate everything Thank that you. you do for all I these love, years. I love being here. <laughs> And uh, so we want to thank you for all that you do and yeah. hopefully clarifying this for, for yeah. all of our patients. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, you're welcome.